Well, good morning and welcome to uh, Lee Road Baptist Church, wherever you are, whether you're just around the corner from us in Lee, whether you're somewhere further away in South End or, or across the country or even the world, we hope that you will feel close uh, to this church, to one another, and most importantly to God uh, this beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, my name is Steve. I'm one of the ministers at the church. Uh, we'll meet Andrew later on and other members of the congregation uh, too. And we uh, hope that you will sense something of God's presence with you wherever you are. Let me just pray. Almighty and all loving God. Though we are scattered across this town, across the country, yet we are gathered for one purpose. To bring you our praise. To offer you our worship. To open our hearts and our lives to you and through the words of the songs we're going to listen to through the prayers of our heart we want to tell you all that you mean to us lord this morning we hunger to meet with you to hear your voice to know your will to learn more of you and to offer you a commitment that does justice to your love Lord God, you know what we are and you know what we want to be. So hear our prayer, receive our worship and help us to become the people you would have us be. To the glory of your name. Amen. One thing I have asked of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple who is it that you seek we seek the Lord our God do you seek him with all your heart amen Lord have mercy do you seek him with all your soul amen Lord have mercy do you seek him with all your mind amen Lord have mercy do you seek him with all your strength amen Christ have mercy to whom shall we go well, you have the words of eternal life and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Morning, Steve. Good morning, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. It's lovely to see the sunshine, isn't it? I can't remember We've last time we had a morning like this. I know, it's quite quite different, quite extraordinary and very grateful and overdue as well. Thanks ever so much for that opening prayer. Um, the beauty of our local area. We've got people uh, who aren't in our local area, obviously, this yeah. morning. Even is that as well in the in the chat? We've had greetings from all sorts of places. Yeah, I don't know if we can put Alex's greeting up, but uh, Alex is tuning in from Mauritania, uh, <laughs> which uh, uh, which is incredible. So, Alex, it's good to see you. I don't know if you're with the family or you're uh, working, but it's great to know that you're there and uh, and with us. Yeah. So, a, what's your week been like, Steve? It's been a strange week, weather-wise and other things. I know you and I have done some stuff together, ministry-wise, during the week, which was 
good to do and uh, but tough for, for those involved. But uh, it's been oh, there's Alex's greeting. 25 degrees there today in Mauritania. So, uh, <laughs> thanks, Alex. Yeah, it's nice and sunny here, but nowhere near that sort of temperature. No. <laughs> yeah, I no. mean, it's been fine. It's it's um, busy and challenging, but I, I, you know, compared to many people's lives, it's um, it, it's certainly not as difficult as as it is for some. So, how about yourself? Yeah, yeah, it's been good. Um, again, busy, but that, as you say, that's life, and that's the same for everyone. Um, we're all coping with this uh, uh, sort of lockdown three or whatever we're calling it now uh, in different ways. It's great to be able to get out, though, isn't it? And just get some pressure. Certainly, yeah. So, we'll exercise uh, at some point today. So we're back into um, prodigal son territory yeah. or extravagant god territory, as we're as we're calling it for this season. And and we try to encourage um, people to give online engagement. As we can see, lots of people uh, flagging up their morning greetings uh, on YouTube and on Facebook. Please do do that if you haven't already and you can. And and don't just say hello. Feel free to interact with everything that you say and hear the, the, the prayers, the worship, um, in whatever way. It's, it's really good that we know you're out there and we can hear what you're uh, saying to God and to one another. And um, one of the ways we try to encourage that engagement is to set you a question that will relate to um, what we'll be looking at a little bit later on. And Andrew's got a cracking one for us this morning. Andrew, what are we asking people to comment on today? Well, it's an interesting question, isn't it? I want people to engage with this and send us in on, on the comments uh, a second. Tell us if you think it's easier being a younger or an older sibling. Now, you might be one in the middle as well. So just tell us who you think has the easiest life. We're looking today at, uh, at two brothers and uh, there's some interesting interplay so uh, tell us what you think fantastic I, I i'll spare it for now but i'll i'll certainly tell you what i think later with the has been known to tune into these on occasion and uh, <laughs> so i won't be giving too much away but um, are you the oldest or the youngest Steve? i'm the youngest yeah ah, i'm the younger brother in more ways than one, I imagine. <laughs> Anyhow, um, Andrew, you've been meeting with one of our congregation during the week, and uh, we have a video. Uh, do you want yeah. to introduce that? It'll introduce itself, so let, okay. let's play it and see where we go. Wonderful. And as you can see, I'm joined by Gwen and Alan Cook. How nice to see you. How are you both? Yeah, we're all right, thank you. Yeah, good, thank you. Yes. Good. How was sort of Christmas for you? Did you get family together? How did all how did all that work? It was very different. So we had we managed to rescue Matthew from the wilds of Norfolk um, on the day that lockdown was announced, and we were just oh, driving wow. into Lee as it was announced. Um, uh, Joshua was in Cambridgeshire, but fortunately, his ex landlady had invited him to Christmas dinner, so he was sorted. That was good. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard about that. That sounds like a good result, really. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, someone's going to cook dinner for you. No wonder you stayed there, but there we go. Um, but it's good to see you. Um, I wanted to talk to you both a little bit because over the last few months, Alan's obviously been uh, had a key role, a volunteer, but a key role in, in our church life for, for a while. And Gwen, you've been supporting him in that. But Alan, you... That, that finished in, in November. Um, so uh, what are you doing now, I suppose, is the logical question. 
Well, yes, so I'm actually quite busy. Um, part of the plan that had been to take over a, uh, a charity, a project in South End called Just Ride. Um, and that came to fruition around August. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's been occupying me. Okay. So tell us a little bit about Just Ride. What does it do? What's it, you know, what is it? Uh, we set it up, I can't remember, is it about seven years ago? 2014. 2014. Um, I was just approached one day by actually Eric in the bike shop. He said, oh, you know Brian, he's setting up this group to do cycling activities for special needs people. You're interested, aren't you? So I was like, well, okay. So I went along to the meeting and didn't want to be involved at all, really. But at the end of the meeting, they went, we really need a female trustee. Okay. <laughs> so I've been involved since the beginning. Um, and it's we we provide bikes that are a safe venue for people of it's an inclusive project. So it can be people with special needs, people with no needs at all, people of any age. It's just a safe place for people to come and ride, really. And we have a great time. <laughs> and so, I mean, they must be a different range of bikes, some that we would recognise and others that have been specifically designed for those who, who have some challenges. Is, is, is that right? Yeah, we've got um, normal two-wheelers, we've got trikes, we've got hand cranks, wheelchair bikes, uh, wheelchair platform bikes. Um, side by sides. Semi-recumbents. Yeah, we've got all sorts. A whole range of bikes. About 150 bikes in total. Wow. From children's um, balance bikes mm -hmm. right through to these very, very, very specialised bikes. Yeah, I've seen some of those out on the roads. They're amazing machines. Yeah. Some of them are electric as well. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah, so, so Gwen, Gwen, that explains your role as a trustee. Mm -hmm. Alan, how did you get sort of involved with this? Well, um, <laughs> we actually saw each other at some point. Um, I started volunteering on a Tuesday, which was the session that Gwen led, um, just to go along, help set up, engage and, and meet the people that were actually cycling um, and basically became part of the Just Ride family um, just by getting involved in all, all the community um, that goes on there. So there was then a natural progression. Mm -hmm. um, we were getting more and more involved um, and it happened to be that the the chairman was talking about retiring um, and he then started to have conversations with us about whether we'd consider taking over uh, the admin and the organisation um, of the project. So are you both now trustees? Is one of you uh, a chief executive? How's all that working? Um, I've actually had to step down as a trustee uh, because of the Charity Commission um, rules on like vested interests and stuff. Yes. So what actually happened was a few years ago, um, Gwen and I set up a cycling business of our own. So Gwen, it's called Gwen Cycle Coaching because um, we're both British cycling coaches. Uh -huh. um, so we can teach people to learn to ride um, and advanced skills, etc. So that company, 
has basically been asked to to run and do the admin and the support in the background for oh, just run. So that's the screen. So we had to obviously have that uh, be aware of that conflict of interest. So yes. we're not employed by them. They, okay. in that sense, you know, there's a monthly contract uh, where where our services are bought in. Right. Okay. That makes. Sense. Are we still volunteering? But yes, that bit's a, a separate. So that's bit. a separate thing. So how much of your time is it is it taking you? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I know like what to... you're like, Alan. So. <laughs> uh, officially, two days a week. Okay. Um, so, but that tends to be spread across the week. Um, and obviously, again, it's a bit like that church balance that there's what I do for them as voluntary alongside what I obviously then do for them. They contract. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it, it's at least two days a week, um, but say split over the week. And it's very, very diverse. Yeah. Uh, even though it's happening in an organization, there's a lot. Uh, a lot going on. It's not that different from leadership in many ways um, in, in the church secretary and the admin side of it. And, and the demand for the work that Just Ride is doing, I could imagine is quite high, but I'm assuming, rightly or wrongly, that during these lockdown periods you can't operate. Have I got those two things right? Yeah, we are very, very popular. Um, but, of course, at the moment everything's shut down, so we can't... We can't open. We worked really hard to get set up so that we could open and be COVID, um, you know, for all the protocols and everything. We did one session and then we went into November lockdown. Yeah. And we did two sessions in December. Um, for Yeah, for like a specific group. And then, of course, we shut for Christmas and now we can't open again. Mm. So there's a lot of work going on in the background. I'm sure. Get ready to reopen in a new format, which will be safe in these current times as soon as we can i mean there's loads more questions i'd like to ask you but i think we'll, we'll stop there for now but let me ask you one final thing and it's this just ride for you is your front line and we've been talking a lot about that how can folk remember you how can folk pray for you in this venture that you're involved with things um we've partly the role that we've been brought in to do is to develop just right what's the future because, um, as you said, we were really busy before lockdown to the point where we were having possibly 150 people over a two to three hour session. Wow. And we were only open three mornings a week. And it was all things like the height of summer, all three sessions were 150 ish wow. people. Yeah. We were um, having to shut the gates, we had to stop people coming in. So. Wow. Some clarity and insight about how we develop um, more volunteers um, yep. because we could put in the long term there's a possibility of doing more sessions in the week because we're, we're actually based at Garrens um, in South I was just going to ask you that, Garrens, great. Um, at the athletics track. Okay. Um, so there's a physical restriction on what we can do, but not necessarily, you know, there's more days of the week that we could open um, but also there's potential to widen the scope of what Just Right do um, and we're just in the process of having discussions with the council 
uh, about expanding the site uh, where we're based. So, so we can, can pray for you, the development, all the all the stuff around that. You obviously doing some more volunteers at the bottom of the screen there we've got your website and your facebook page you were saying before we recorded that facebook is the main way of of engaging with people alan and gwen thank you ever so much um and obviously if people want to know more they can give you a call or they can go on your facebook page or your website thanks a lot and it's been good to see you thank you thank you bye would be remiss of us not to pray for Alan and Gwen and just right now. So let's just pray. Loving God, we thank you so much for Gwen and for Alan and for the passion that they have both for cycling, for those with uh, learning needs and with our wider community. We thank you for everything that they contribute to this church and to the building of your kingdom in this town. Loving God, we know that those with learning needs are more vulnerable at this stage. Uh, as in so many other groups. And we just ask that for all those people that they've come to know over the years of Just Ride, that you will keep them safe and well and help them to look forward to a day when they'll be together again uh, at Garen's and, uh, and enjoying that cycling experience to see their faces brings us tremendous joy. And I'm sure it does to you too. So we do pray for the development of that uh, group, for that organisation. We pray for the conversations with the council. Lord, would you be in that and bless that so that more and more people can experience the joys of cycling in the company of your wonderful children and servants, Alan and Gwen, and their brilliant team. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to try to introduce a few little videos like that of people from the church, people from the community, so that we can hear and share what people have been up to uh, in recent days. And um, we've had a number of comments uh, referring to the weather, good sunny morning to the whole Lee Road family, wherever you are, says Stephen Monument. Julie says, uh, morning church, what a beautiful sunny morning. There's many uh, of those around. A lot of people have just been saying it's about time we had a sunny day. And I can tell you we have more than one uh, expression of that because I'm going to welcome Sonny and Bob uh, to the screen. I'm so sorry, Sonny. You must be so sick of puns about the weather when it comes to your name. But it is a, it is an appropriately beautiful day to, to welcome both you and Bob to the service this morning. How have you been? Are you okay? Very well, thank you. Yeah, keeping busy. <laughs> keeping very busy, actually. Good. That's what we like to hear. It's uh, nothing like just sitting and twiddling your thumbs. It's nice to be getting involved and, and getting busy with different things. And um, Sunny and Bob, you've got our reading for us uh, this morning, which is going to come in two halves. So, Sunny, I believe you're reading the first half of our of our passage uh, from Luke 15, and then Andrew will bring the first part of his message to us. Thank you, Sunny. Jesus told this story. There was once a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, I want right now what's coming to me. So the father divided the property between them. It wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. After he had gone through all his money, there was a bad famine all through that country and he began to hurt. He signed on with a citizen there who signed him to his field to slop the pigs. He was so hungry he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop, but no one would give him any. That brought him to his senses. He said, all those farmhands working for my father, 
sit down to three meals a day. And here I am starving to death. I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I sinned against God. I sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. He got right up and went home to his father. When he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His heart pounding, he ran out, embraced him, and kissed him. The son started his speech. Father, I sinned against God. I sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to his servants. Quick, bring a clean set of clothes. Dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a grain-fed heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here, given up for dead, and now alive, given up for loss, and now found. And they began to have a wonderful time. Now over to Andrew. I have a relative that loves what I can only call nail-biting and often rather macabre drama. Now, that might not be your preference, but I guess however old you are, we all like a good story, don't we? And whether that's a film or a TV drama, perhaps a podcast series or a novel, a good story has to grip its audience from the very beginning to, I guess, retain their interest. Now, family rivalries and relationships often succeed because we can all relate to the complexity of human interactions in those stories. And that's what Jesus does here as he tells this story of two brothers. Now, Charles Dickens called the story of the two sons that we've heard read this morning the, the greatest short story that has ever been written. It's a drama. It's in two acts. The first act is about the lost younger brother and the second one is about the lost older brother so let's look at act one scene one if you like with the younger brother and it begins with a rather culturally shocking demand from the younger brother and he's rather angry and that's how he comes across when he says give me a share of the estate now what that actually means is as the younger brother he's He's, he's part of the estate, is one third of the estate. Two thirds would normally go to the older uh, sibling. But he's demanding here that he wants his share and he wants it right now. It's a deep sign of disrespect. What he's saying is that he wants his father's things, his father's wealth, but he doesn't want his father. Now, the father's response is equally as shocking. Rather than sending his son with a fleeing his ear off and packing and saying to him, go on, get out of here. What he does is he divides up everything as the son has requested. Now, the word property that we use here is better interpreted as life. The father would have had to sell land and property, probably had to sell uh, the livelihoods of other people who relied on him. The father belonged to the land in a deep historic relationship. And now his younger son was forcing that to be sold. The father was selling almost, if you like, a part of the family. The younger son is asking his father to tear his life and the lives of many others apart. But the father does it because of the love he has for his son. Now, note here that our 
usual human response when love is rejected is anger and retaliation and attempts to diminish or reject that person so that we don't get hurt so much. But here the father retains his affection, his love for his son, and the father bears the agony himself. It was a shameful demand. It was shameful misconduct. It was a shocking response of love. And so we come to scene two of Act One. We know that the younger brother's out-of-control lifestyle leads him to squander his inheritance, and then he contritely seeks a way back to the family, not as a son, not as a trusted estate worker, but as a hired apprentice to a village tradesman. The culture of the day stated that an apology was not sufficient, that restitution had to be made. And so he realized that, and that was his plan, plan to go and say that to his father. But then we move on to the father's response. And once again, that's shocking. This esteemed pillar of the community, here's a great picture of Morgan Freeman. He's either God, isn't he, or he's the president of the United States. But here I'm using his picture as, as, as that of the father. The father's response is once again shocking. This esteemed pillar of the local community is a dignified community leader. What happens here is he acts like a child and he gathers up his robes and he runs when he sees his sons returning. He rejects the son's speech before the son has even had a chance to finish. And he says, do you know what? You're not going to earn your way back into this family in the community. I'm simply going to take you back as a son. Now, this scene already challenges the mindset of the elder brother. And the message here is that God's love, grace and forgiveness can pardon and restore anyone from any wrongdoing. Doesn't matter who we are or what we've done. And like the younger brother, we're all offered outrageous grace. The father's love and grace and acceptance are absolutely free. Now, for all the beauty and the power of Act One, Act Two shows us the cost of that grace and the climax to the story. So we should be over to Bob and Sonny for the second part of our reading. All this time, his older son was out in the field. When the day's work was done, he came in. As he approached the house, he heard the music and dancing. Calling over one of the houseboys, he asked what was going on. He told him, your brother came home. Your father has ordered a feast, barbecued beef, because he has him home safe and sound. The older brother stalked off in an angry sulk and refused to join in. His father came out and tried to talk to him, but he wouldn't listen. The son said, look how many years I've stayed here serving you, never giving you one moment of grief. But have you ever thrown a party for me and my friends? Then his son of yours, who has thrown away your money on whores, shows up and you go all out with a feast. His father said, son, you don't understand. You're with me all the time and everything that is mine is yours. 
but this is a wonderful time and we had to celebrate. This brother of yours was dead and he's alive. He was lost and he's found. Grace and peace. Over to Andrew. The older brother's furious. He's furious as what he's seeing. This younger wayward brother of his, he's back. There's a big celebration. There's a community feast. And that poor old calf is killed so they can all have a barbecue. But now the story turns. And it's now all about the older brother. It's all about him. He wants his say. He wants his part of the story. But also now it's his turn, I'm afraid, to disgrace his father because he refuses to go in. He's publicly casting a vote of no confidence, if you like, in his father's actions. And in a very demeaning manner, the father has to come away from the party to speak to his older son. Now, why is the other older brother so furious? Well, essentially, it's about cost. It's not just the calf and the celebration, because he knows that his brother being accepted once again as a son, as an heir, will cost him, the older brother, so much more. In bringing the younger son back into the family, the father has made him an heir again with a claim to one-third of their now diminished family wealth. And from him, his perspective, his younger brother merited expulsion, not acceptance and forgiveness. Where's the justice in that? And the older brother is, in effect, saying to the father, I have rights. I deserve to be consulted. You've no rights to make decisions unilaterally. And he insults his father even further. But how does the father respond to the older son's rebellion? What will he do? Those who are listening are waiting to hear. And Jesus says, the father says, my son, in spite of how you've publicly insulted me, I still want you in the feast. I'm not going to disown your brother but I don't want to discern, disown you either. And so I challenge you. I challenge you to swallow your pride and come into this feast. The choice is yours. And once again, it's an unexpectedly gracious and dramatic appeal. So will the family be reunited? Will the brothers be reconciled? Will both brothers regain their respect for their extravagant father? Now, in 21st century good TV drama style, I almost want to say, tune in next week to find out. But just as all these thoughts pass through our minds, the story abruptly ends, leaving the opportunity for a sequel we might think. But that's not the case either. So why does Jesus not finish the story? Well, it's because the audience for this story are the elder brother types in the story. The self-righteous moralists that we spoke about last week. And in modern day terms, that will be some of us here this morning in the 21st century. Because Jesus' story, this amazing short story that, that, that Dickens 
uh, 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 likes. Jesus is here pleading with those who are listening to respond, to wake up and see that many of them are older brothers. What's happening here is that Jesus is redefining everything, everything we thought we knew about connecting with God, redefining what it means to be lost and found. And of all of Jesus' parables and stories, this is perhaps the best known, yes, but it's probably the least understood as well. So let me ask us all a question this morning. Honestly, which son are we? And what has this awakened in us today? Let me pray. Father God, help us to be honest with ourselves this morning. Because there are some of us who need to identify who we are as we hear this story. For those of us who are younger siblings, as it were, in character, we may have left and made errors. Come and help us and help us to see the error of our ways. Those of us who are younger son types who want to return. Give us the guts to do that, we pray. Those of us who are older brother types. We're angry, especially at others who are not like us, who hold, don't see the same world in the same way as we do, who don't hold our views. Come and help us to be more gracious and understanding. For those of us who are older brother types, free us against the invisible exile of resentment, we pray. Help us to come home truly with gratitude. Help us all to see that coming home means receiving love, acceptance and grace. Help us all to see that coming home means love, acceptance and grace and giving it as well as receiving. Hear our prayers, we ask. Amen. So I think Steve's uh, coming back at this point. Hi, yeah, I just uh, wanted to join in for a bit of conversation to feed yeah. in some of the comments Ooh. that have been coming up, which there have been many. Before we started, Andrew posed the question uh, whether in your experience or maybe not in your experience, which is easier, being the younger or the older sibling? Um, and I told uh, I told you that I am the younger sibling, at least in a very physical way. Uh, I've got an older sister called Jenny uh, that I love dearly and uh, and feel like I need to confess to this morning, having read so many of the comments that seem to suggest it's easier being the younger child. Uh, so all those years where I thought I had it the hard way, um, apparently, Jenny, you were right. I'm sorry. Sorry, where my actions have uh, <laughs> made your life harder. Um, but, but I'll pop up some of these um, responses yeah, and see if you've got any questions. Sue um, started us off by saying, I'm the middle child. There's a couple of middle wow. children amongst us. Um, but she said, I wouldn't want to have been the first. 
which is, uh, I mean, all of these are very subjective experience based in, on their own experiences, I guess. Um, Andy Rotherham then said, and this is an interesting one that was repeated a couple of times, as an older brother, obviously my younger brothers had it so much easier. I had to fight all the battles and set the boundaries with the aged peas. And then um, I think that was reiterated uh, by Angela, who said younger siblings have it easier because the older ones have already fought all the battles. Yeah, I can relate to that, Angela. Yeah, I'm, I'm the eldest. Ah, okay. So you you were the one that that set all the boundaries, were you? And yeah, I, I didn't have the aging parents that Andy had to cope with as well. But yeah, I okay. might, might have a younger Kristen. She had it so much easier than I did. <laughs> and yet, your wife was the younger sibling. She yeah, wrote as the right. youngest. I would agree with Andy about the boundaries. However. The younger gets the blame for all the arguments, fights, breakages, and communal pushing of aforementioned boundaries. I, I mean, this is one that I relate to a little bit insofar as, yes, the older one tends to set the boundaries, but they also negotiate how the relationship between parent and child works. And so there's a certain a certain expectation of, of how people will behave and, and the, the things that they can be rewarded with and get and and of course the second sibling or the third sibling or the fourth sibling they're always different to the other ones and yet they have to live within these parameters and boundaries that have been set by their older siblings and sometimes there's a clash there where you those expectations aren't met in in uh, in other siblings and um, alan says being the only child i guess it's easier being the younger sibling as a middle child cecilia says it doesn't affect me, but my younger brother got into much more trouble than my oldest. I guess some would say that's more of a characteristic thing. If those who know him, I don't know him. I wouldn't want to say. Others would say it is because that younger child uh, is having to, to 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 battle against those parameters that were set before. And it all relates into this story beautifully well. These experiences are some that many of us have shared, those of us that have been privileged enough to have uh, siblings that dynamic and that boundary between the way we perceive our siblings to be treated in a different way uh, to the way that we are being treated or the way we hope and expect to be treated. And I find it fascinating. I think the older brother in this story has, uh, has, has set these parameters, set these boundaries, made expectations, lived up to them to a certain degree, sees his younger sibling destroying all that he had established and then being treated with such grace. He's like, well, what was all that about? You know, and I find that really quite um, startling and, and amazing. And yet the father's response, and we, this, this series is, is entitled The Extravagant Father, is to, to show that that desire for both to be welcomed in is extremely strong and it, and it, uh, it relates back to that song that we had in between your two um, thoughts. The Who am I thinking would welcome me in? Yeah. I was and he brought me in. doesn't matter whether we're the oldest or the youngest. No. The invitation is still there. And the interesting thing is that although the story talks about uh, those who are genetically younger and older, it's very easy for us, particularly people of faith sometimes, to take on one or two of those personalities wherever we come in the pecking order in our own genetic families. And my concern, as I ended up with there, is there are quite a few of us, if we're really honest, that we have this older brother mentality. 
Um, And we, we have really strict ways that we expect people to behave and uh, particularly in areas of faith, instead of actually realizing that uh, we have a father who wants to offer grace and love and acceptance to all of us, whoever we are. And uh, he wants us all to be in the party. He wants us all to be there. And sometimes I think there are some of us who are at the door saying, no, that's why I put that picture up. No, yeah, that's not right. And God is saying everyone is welcome. Everyone yeah. is accepted. And we need to work through that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's stretching the analogy too far, but there are times you and I both have had these experiences where members of the congregation would want to say, but what about me? And, and we, we, we structure services, we consider the mission, we talk about how we're going to operate as a, as a building, as a church, and we get emails um, from people who are trying to say, well, that's all very well, but what about me? And, and uh, you know, don't get me wrong, I think the father was really grateful for the opportunity to have that conversation with the older, with the older son, and I would never uh, not want to receive those emails. But the constant sort of subtle message behind it is, please be considerate of those that we're trying to show grace to. And sometimes there will be moments where our expectation of you is to walk with us as we express grace to those who need it as well. And, um, and that's a, a real challenge, I think, as ministers yeah. of a diverse congregation that, is, that all have very different needs and all interact and, and, and worship God in different ways. For us to sort of have this mentality as a church that says, I'm actually going to lay aside my needs for the sake of the other is, a, is, is what the father was asking of the older son and uh, something for us all to carry home. I know I have those moments. Don't get me wrong. I, I, ha- I can be as self-centered as, as, as anybody, and I can be as um, reckless as anybody. So I, I, I demonstrate both of those experiences of the two siblings. But as a minister, I would just want to say to all of us, please be considerate of the grace that is required for others to come into the kingdom of God and to be welcomed into this house. Grace has been shown to us. Let's show grace to others. Quite. And, uh, you know, worry about the, you know, there is a tendency of some to wanting to be, If let, let's be, be really honest here, self-righteous moralists. Mm. We're actually God saying, look, you're all welcome. Yeah. Yes, there are the implications of the story and, and we can move on from that. But everyone's welcome. We're going to have uh, Diana come in and lead us in some prayers. Diana, are you there? I hope you are. And yes, uh, we're coming. Hi, come and lead us in prayer, Diana. Thank, right, you. thank you. Morning, everybody. As we pray in general terms, may I encourage you to think of people to pray for that are known to you and, in fact, have them on your mind during the coming days as pointers for your thoughts and prayers. Let's pray together. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonder of prayer, that time and distance are suspended. Thank you that our minds and ideas can be expanded to situations from our own. We're so grateful for those who through the ages have contributed to health and well-being. And now we pray especially in these challenging times for those involved in health and healing. 
for those known to us in medical situations, for all areas of medical practice, for researchers, for management, for support, for domestic staff, porters, carers, rehabilitation, for those who have been, uh, been unappreciated in the past, we bring them now before you in prayer. We pray for them at work and for when they are tired and distressed, for rest and peace when off duty, and calm and serenity in all areas of their lives. We pray for patients and those waiting for treatment. They may experience peace and wholeness in body and mind. For relatives and friends in their anxiety and concern. That their minds will be stilled and peace enfold them. We pray for those unable to see relatives and friends. Those who've been grieving. and for those whose major plans have been disrupted. And we pray especially for those in other countries, for NGOs working in medicine spheres with minimal resources and huge needs. We are often bewildered and confused by events. We pray for a fresh understanding of your love and compassion. We thank you for Jesus. By your Holy Spirit, we claim the promise of your presence with us and for those for whom we pray. We thank you for the message that everyone is accepted, whatever we've done or not done. We thank you for this message today, whether we're like the younger brother or the older brother, bring this to our remembrance. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And back to Andrew. Thanks, Diana. And well done for keep going when there was somebody trying to contact you on the phone. Well done. <laughs> Thank you very much. We've got some, uh, we've got some notices here, uh, inevitably, uh, this morning. The first is to remind you that we're going to experiment the next few Sundays on having a Zoom coffee room immediately after this broadcast. So if you're part of our church family, you'll have had a Zoom code. And if you go there, uh, you can meet up with one or two others, hopefully or quite a few others from church, perhaps bring a coffee or a cup of tea. Uh, that will be available for uh, a while after our gathering, immediately after we finish this morning. So do, uh, do come and be a part of that. Then on Thursday, we were due to have a church meeting, but that's been postponed, as you will have all Heard, but instead, I'd like to join me as we pray uh, continually for our community and for our nation and in these uh, interesting times in which we live. So do come, and again, that you'll get a code for that in our midweek update. Use that to come and join us at seven thirty. Though, please note that seven thirty. Uh, that's this Thursday instead of the church members meeting. Then next Sunday. Uh, will be an opportunity to continue as we look at this great story that, that Dickens called the greatest short story ever written uh, of the extravagant God. 
and uh, do come and join us at 10.30 for that. Just to remind you that the food bank uh, at the moment is closed, but will open again on the 24th. So that's uh, that's next Sunday. Uh, we've had such a positive response. Uh, that the food bank have asked us to hold donations, but that uh, will uh, open again soon on the days that we've normally done it. So keep an eye open for information about that. And then finally, if you'd like to give and you're not being able to do so in the normal way, you can donate five pounds by texting LRBC to seven zero nine seven zero, or ten pounds by texting LRBC to seven zero one nine one. That helps us to continue to engage with our community uh, as we are. Our, our preschool is still open, so uh, please remember them uh, in all that you're doing this week. Well, let me pray for us, Father God. We ask that you would help us to be honest about who we are. And some of the attitudes that we have and how we have responded to you in the past, but may need to respond to you again because we've slipped into being like an older brother type or a younger brother type. Thank you for this great story that is so well written, so well spoken, so profound, that brings us so much truth about your relationship with us and our relationship with you. Help us to really take it to heart and act upon what we've heard this morning, we pray. So in everything that we do this week, may we know the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and always. Amen. Cheerio. Have a great week.